Oh man, it is good to be back again. It's been another long layoff, this time a month. Jeez, where on earth does the time go? It's Alina's five-month birthday. Be prepared for that post, but it is so good to see you and welcome back to our next episode of The Dilf Show. Andy Christopher here, aka the dad I listen to frequently and wanting to kick things off with, man, there have been so many funny things and stories and things that have popped up over the last month. I My notepad just runneth over with things to talk about, but wanted to talk about Halloween and the the attitude costume event that we got from Arlo. So we were deciding on costumes and notoriously we are amped up about it in September and then we just kind of forget about it. And we're just like, we should probably get something. And then it's October. And then we're just like, yeah, we have to get something. And this year, Julia was super proactive asking Arlo, you know, what do you want to be? Because now, dude, he's in it. He speaks in full sentences. He is understanding high level concepts and feelings. And Julia's asking him, you know, what do you want to be? And of course, you're going to hear these two words and you're going to be just, you know, you're going to shiver in your underpants. Paw Patrol has taken over Arlo's life. And I think every every boy toddler, every toddler probably goes through this to some degree if it pops on the TV or they go to daycare and they see all the things that are Paw Patrol related, you get into it. God, my, my hair, I'm sorry, I just I just looked up to see the the zoom video and I see that my hair looks like I'm a like I'm a villain in a nineties movie. God. This is what happens when you shower and then you don't put anything in your hair. It just looks gross. But anywho, I digress. Paw Patrol has been at the forefront of Arlo's interest. And, you know, he comes home long day in daycare and I want to watch Paw Patrol. I want to watch Paw Patrol Mighty Pups, Supercharged, whatever they're called. And um, so we try not to show it to him every single time and we try to get him to do art and all the other things that we've spoken about previously without just crutching on it. But sometimes he just wins out and like, all right, go for it. So he's been watching Paw Patrol and a lot of the a lot of people identify with Chase. I think Chase is kind of the, the protagonist of the show. I know that um, nobody really cares about the kid, Ryder. So it, it's all about the pups. And then Marshall is the little fire dog who is a Dalmatian and he's cute and clumsy and he kind of fumbles all over the place. And so when Julia started asking Arlo, who do you want to be? He said, I want to be Marshall. And we're like, oh, we're surprised that you don't want to be Chase. That's pretty cool. She asked him again, maybe a week later, who do you want to be? What do you want to be for Halloween? Marshall, Paw Patrol. Shit. All right. She asks him five times. Do you, who do you want to be? And he says Marshall every single time. So Julia, early October or end of September is about to pull the trigger on these costumes. And she, we'd also just gone to see the Mighty Pups movie and Sky is the protagonist in that one. The like the flight one, the, the aviary one. And so she asked one more time, you know, just, just making sure that my toddler's brain is in line. Arlo, who do you want to be for Halloween? And she narrowed it down this time. Do you want to be Sky or Marshall? And Arlo, without skipping a beat, like, like someone from the valley with an attitude because someone double parked next to them and they couldn't open the door to their Tesla. 
he just looks at her and he's like, whatever, the B, whatever. And we just look at each other like, you little shit. Are you kidding me? Where is this attitude coming from? Whatever, don't whatever me. <laughs> Which is, I, I've probably, you know, said that in context many hundreds of times. But coming from this little three-year-old, man, it just felt like a dagger. And he just, no remorse. But then we laughed about it. He laughed about it. And it's become kind of a, a running joke. So always a silver lining to these these attitude moments. But man, whatever. <laughs> you little punk. So on on this particular on this particular episode, um, I want to reiterate and talk about something that we all forget as parents. And I'll I'll keep things short and sweet and you know, I'll probably bounce around. I know another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is near and dear to my heart, is that, you know, wheat thins have made a huge comeback in my life. I used to eat wheat thins all the time. And then I and then I went with the reduced fat wheat thins because I think they put more salt on them and they're crispier. But now regular wheat thins, Costco wins out. You dip them in cream cheese and if you're if you're struggling with like a little snack that it's not healthy by any stretch, but you don't feel as guilty as some of the other stuff out there, wheat thins and cream cheese with a little bit of banana pepper, that'll get you there. And I don't know, all these things just kind of randomly come back in cycles in our lives. And, um, you know, with Halloween, all these candies that I was reminded of, Kit Kats and Snickers and I, I rarely eat candy and I, I do a good job of moderating myself in terms of sweets, but man, it's been so nice just to have a little pop. And then I, I realized that Hershey's milk chocolate is just dynamite. It, it gives you kind of a long burn. If you just want to have one, you, you, you get that little sweet fix, but then you don't really need any others. Oh man, I love rediscovering these foods, but yeah, wheat thins have just made a monster comeback. And um, you know, in in looking in looking back and in kind of dissecting, you know, our children, dissecting ourselves, always looking to make ourselves a little bit better, a little bit more rounded out as a person. Um, you know, I've just been revisiting my past recently and um, you know, certain aspects of my life, certain people in my life. And this this thing this common thing popped up and I don't know if this relates to you as well, but do you have a song that has just kind of followed you and has resonated with you at multiple different stages in your life or was like balls to the wall, your anthem for many years in your life, you still throw it on, you get nostalgic, choked up, or in my case, the song I'm going to talk about, it allows me to just decompress and reflect do you have a song like that? I go go into your Spotify, go go into whatever your music player is and see if there's a song that you keep coming back to cuz it's easy to always get caught up in the new and you know what's upcoming and the release radar and this and that and every algorithm trying to pull you in different directions, but there's songs and there's certain things that just click with you forever and ever. And I actually just messaged this one to my boss because we had this amazing amazing um, Lone Originator Retreat, where we just talked about all the things business-related, all the things personal-related, all the things financial-related in terms of looking at your own finances. And 
just got me reinvigorated and amped up to go do my job very well. But um, I messaged her this song because she's been really into, you know, taking care of yourself and making sure that you're a holistic being and not just experiencing burnout or doing what you have to do to hit the reset button on your day, on your week, on your month, on your year, on your life, whatever it is. And for me, that channel and that outlet has always been music. There have been times in my life when I'll have to make sure I'm listening to music in order to do do my job well, do it properly, to stay focused, um, use music when I'm on the Peloton, you know, out for exercise. And, you know, I think back to times in high school when you just, you lock yourself in with some buddies and just, you know, turn the bass up way too high, blasting hard rock or alternative or you know, System of Down was always just one of those one of those bands that we would just crush in um, you know in like a parking lot. Like it's just one of those things that we used to do. And um, there's this one song, and oh, I won't leave you on a cliffhanger on it. It's called Spiegel im Spiegel. It's by Arvo Part, and it is this hauntingly beautiful, pensive, thoughtful, wonderful dark light piano violin track and i remember the first time i heard it i was picking up a friend from the airport and it just hit me like a ton of bricks it was so special to me um i i was i had the radio on because i was picking him up in his car and i wouldn't have heard it in the first place without it and then from that point on i kept hearing it whether by choice or at different times in my life that were really very critical moments in terms of my own internal well-being, internal happiness, just, you know, focusing on the next steps or what should I do or how should I approach this situation with this person or whatever it might have been. And the song itself is, I mean, I don't think there's any such thing as perfect, but this is just a, an achievement in, in music in my part. It's so simple and it's um, so complex all in the same. And I can hear it differently every single time I put it on. Um, and and then I remember like Julie and I were finishing up The Good Place, if you've ever seen that with Kristen Bell. And it's the, it's the outro song in there. And then I'm hearing it in all these different places in my life. And, and now it's kind of become my, my, my reset anthem, my, my time to listen and feel and be in the moment, um, you know, at, at the end of a night and just reflect on myself. And it, it makes me cry. It makes me happy. And now it actually, I'm starting to see, you know, Arlo and Alina's just futures and our future as a family in these moments of self-meditation and reflection. And that, I, I can go, I could probably do a whole episode on why I think music is like the most beautiful art form out there. Um, but we all have our little hinges and our little things that help us get through tough times or, you know, help us celebrate great times or just help us reflect and connect. And for me, you know, this song just, it's like part of the fabric of my being now. And it is, it's so cool to be able to revisit, but now it's evolving my brain to kind of look forward and, and see the future a little bit. And 
you know, they, they say you're, you know, if you think hard and long enough about something, your thoughts become your actions. And now in, in service of achieving those moments, it just makes me be a more present parent, a more present husband, um, not wanting to let down in the moment so that those wonderful images and things will come to fruition. Um, but, you know, I ask again, do you have some song or something that reflects and connects with you on a deeper level um, than, than you could really give credit for? You know, visit it, go deep with it, because it's been expanding for me in terms of, and I swear to God, I'm not stoned right now. I'm not on any drugs or anything like that. This is just shooting from the hip in terms of, you know, how how we go about this parenting thing and how we get through to the next day and the next moment and find that thing that clicks with you so that you can you can go after it the next day with a hundred percent ferocity and passion and fervor. And um, you know, we keep keep seeing and hearing this message, you know, you only get one life, you only get this. And, you know, the first time I heard this song was 15 years ago. And I keep thinking I'm invincible and my chiropractor bill would speak speak to the contrary on that. But we we all need these things in our lives that, you know, give us purpose and give us pride and passion and the ability to either connect with others and connect with ourselves. And um I think if we don't tease them out and utilize them when we need them or utilize them to decompress, then you know, we're just gonna keep running the rat race and you know, spinning the hamster wheel and not really making progress, just kind of getting caught up in the little things that make us feel like we are moving forward, but they don't push us to grow. They don't push our comfort zone. And um, that leads to being stagnant and becoming ungrateful for what you have in the moment. And music and, and this song and these little, you know, these little brief glimpses just give me that strength when Julia's at work or when the kids are asleep or at daycare and, you know, I just have this time to sit and reflect and, you know, you don't, don't let the illusion or delusion of having to work all the time be just smashed up with making progress all the time, because sometimes in order to move forward, you have to take a step back. And, um, that's what music does for me. That's what this song, once again, it's called Spiegel im Spiegel by Arvo Part. If you like piano, if you like violin, if you like classical, um, or if you just like amazing pieces of music, you will absolutely adore this. Um, but that's what this song has allowed me to do. So take a look, take a look into your life because the the main message I wanted to get across here is is the thing, the thing that we all forget when it comes to parenting, and it's that parenting is a job. And I want to let that one sink in for just a moment because we have our careers and we have our families and you sometimes, and I know I've gone through this kind of crisis of identity um, in terms of what my work career looks like, what my father career looks like, what my husband career looks like, what all these different parts that make up me are supposed to look like. And you know, I'm really making effort to be be in the present, be in the now, and just say, fuck it. Like, it's just me. It's me out here doing my best. 
And if I experience discomfort and growth, that is a great thing on a day-to-day basis. But parenting is a a true 24-7, 365 job. You never know when your bosses, quote unquote, are going to need you or call upon you or request your services to take care of them, to make sure that they feel comforted, to make sure that they are experiencing happiness and joy, or they get to out like a, an outlet to vent their anger or, you know, express their discontent with a situation. And these little bosses, they they do kind of govern our our mentality and our day to day. But I was always looking at it as, you know, my job is my job and my family is my family. But parenting is absolutely a job because look at what you experience on any given day. On any given day as a parent, you're a teacher. You're instilling knowledge, good habits, um, you know, almost like <laughs> you're, you're like a psychiatrist. You're trying to tease out the why of every little thing and every nuance when sometimes it's just throwing spaghetti against the wall. You're, you're a life coach. You're trying to mentor and be there for your children as much as humanly possible, help them understand complex thoughts, insights, feelings on a day-to-day and help bring out the best in them in terms of what their strengths are, not not letting them dwell too much on their weaknesses. You know, if your kid stumbles and falls, you know, you you approach it with with empathy, but you show them how to pick themselves up. Um, you're a maid. You're constantly a cleaning service in terms of just like you're picking stuff up like all the time. Um, We've tried to reduce it down to just picking up Arlo's cars three times a day. Uh, But now he's just gotten into the habit of knocking the whole um, basket over just almost out of spite. It's really quite comical. Um, And you're a chef. You have to prepare meals every day. You have to make sure that they're somewhat healthy, that they're consistent, that they don't duplicate themselves, that, um, you know, your kids don't get in you know, the bad habits just because sugar is tasty and what, what's, you know, what we saw called a firecracker food instead of, you know, vegetables or something that has more sustained energy for you, you know, the real fuel foods. Um, what else are you? You're a comedian, an entertainer. Um, you're doing all these things that people devote their entire lives to. And that is your job as a parent. And that concept has eluded me until just just when I wrote it down in my iPhone that no wonder we're so fucking tired all the time. It's because we're we're constantly doing two, three, four jobs in any given moment on top of whatever the expectations in our work career are. And that was a huge revelation for me to cut myself some slack, to understand that it's more important to be on and present with my kids at any given moment than it is right now to you know jump through hoops and answer an email something that can wait, something that is asynchronous, that is not urgent. And, you know, when when you're in any sales job, it always feels like a little bit like the sky is falling. 
And, um, you know, mortgages and real estate, it's not immune to that in terms of just what's constantly, how you have to be there and how you have to show up for your clients. But with, with all of our careers, with all of our jobs, whether it's a nine to five, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you are a motivational speaker, you know, a, a teacher, whatever you actually do, all those things infiltrate into your life as a parent, which is why we feel like we should be able to do everything and we should be able to be everything to our children. And sometimes, I mean, 99, 100% of the time, that's not feasible. We're not going to connect and resonate with every single need and feeling and stress and emotion and um, evolving thought that they have on you know a second-by-second second basis. But I learned from writing this down that I just have to give myself a break sometimes because we are running ourselves ragged with all these jobs and then we don't get a lot of time to reset. Fortunately, you know, we, um, Alina has started sleeping in larger chunks of time and we're getting to recuperate some of that time, but you're still up early. You're still up multiple times during the night and, you know, you constantly feel like, like I'm just trying to keep my, my nose above the waterline. And that's okay right now. I, I go back to, I, I follow this guy, the tired dad on Instagram, a wonderful, wonderful page for, for inspiration and just real insight into parenting and being a father. And, you know, he, he keeps leaning on and every single time he has an outro, it's just the reason it's so tough right now is because you're a good parent. Don't forget that. And um, when shit's hitting the fan, you you can feel like the opposite. You feel like you don't understand your kids, that you led to this chaos and that it's your responsibility to clean it up every single time and you should have been able to avoid it in the first place. But, you know, finding these little moments to reconnect and reset, understanding that you're, you know, you're one person, that you're one unit, that you're not going to hit every single checkbox in a given day. and it's because you have all these different jobs that you're constantly pivoting to mentally with your kids. I think that that is a good baseline understanding to further your life enjoyment, to being able to let the little things go, to reduce you know, the anxiety and the stress in your shoulders and just let yourself be in, in, the, in the present with your family rather than constantly feeling like you're deficient and um you know we, we all are hit with those thoughts at different times many times probably in any given day but this is my you know anthem my cry to you is just like give yourself a break and keep going and doing the things that you are good at and keep being strong in the moments that you need to be and don't be afraid to be vulnerable and weak when you know, when the situation calls for it and you need some help. And so, you know, it's a, you know, kind of ending on, on a heavy note in terms of what we spoke about here and why what I like talking about wheat thins and funny stories at the front, but, you know, it's, it's the constant evolution of the parent, of the father, of the mother to be going through these things mentally each and every day. And, um, 
you know, just just keep finding your outlets, keep finding the things that make you smile and happy that get you through the tough times and really help you appreciate the good and great times when you're kind of in the flow. I like to say of the of the routine or of the family's kind of uh, energy, so to speak. It really helps amplify those times of just, wow, we are really doing it. We are doing great. And um, I'll leave you with this one again. Um, just in case, you know, you missed it, you're probably not listening to every minute of every episode, but remember the time in your life when you wanted what you currently have. There was a time when you wanted a family, when you wanted a significant other, when you wanted a home, when you wanted stability, certainty, whatever it might be, whatever it is you currently have in your life. There was a time when you were wishing for it. And it's so funny. We, you know, we're constantly, we're always obsessed with what's going on next in your life. What What is the next thing? Are you having more kids? Are you, are, are you going to stay here? Are you going to move? Are you, you know, everyone's obsessed with the next thing because it's an easy thing to, you know, bring up in casual conversation. But I'm obsessed with what's right in front of me right now and just eternally grateful for all these little moments and all these smiles and giggles and um, rooms and areas for growth and opportunity and discomfort that help me round out who I am as a person and um, who we are as a family. I'm, I, I really relish and appreciate them even though sometimes it's frustrating in the moment. So man, that's a heavy episode. What is your takeaway? What's your big aha from, from this one? Drop me a line, you know, send me a DM, send me an email. Remember, we're on all our socials at the Dilf Show and um, the Dilf Show at gmail.com. So do what you got to do. Connect, stay connected. I love reading and hearing stories and, um, you know, watching the audience amplify and grow. And uh, the engagement is really what does that. So I sincerely appreciate all that you do to, to keep help getting the message out there. You are amazing and never forget that. So this is Andy Christopher aka the DILF, the dad I listen to frequently, signing off. I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Go make today great.